3: Carradine and I'm Mari Forth and this is Crime Scene, the true crime review podcast where we get to the heart of how true crime stories are told. We'll put documentary features, short stories and
4: long-running episodic shows under the magnifying glass and examine what true crime stories can tell
3: us about ourselves. We'll have fascinating guests each week to discuss our true crime passions with new and recent releases as well as classics. We'll
4: give you our recommendations and suggestions for more viewings, listenings, and of course, readings on the side. So let's open today's file. We watched Unsolved Mysteries season two, episode
3: 21. Or episode 16, depending on how your streamer numbers it. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And to discuss it and all things true crime, we have with us the original television recapper, the OG snark singer from Television Without Pity, the steel trap mind behind Best Evidence FYI, and the owner of Exhibit B Books in Brooklyn, Sarah D. Bunting, no relation.
1: No relation. I went on Ancestry.com and did the DNA literally only to make sure that it was no relation. And uh, there is no relation to Bodies and Barrels in Snowtown. I am innocent of all charges.
3: I'm so happy to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Sarah. And perhaps tell our our viewers and our listeners uh, why I would say no relation as an Australian. Uh,
1: Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And uh, second of all, John Bunting, I believe, is still incarcerated for uh, the Snowtown murders. um, And uh, so it's very rare that anyone catches the connection. Um, with the last names, uh, wow. especially here in the States. So um, occasionally like like I would make there. the joke and say mm-hmm. no relation and there would just be, you know, blank stares. Uh,
0: uh, yeah.
3: yes. <laughs> we have so, we have so few uh, serial killers here in Australia. Well, so few that have actually been uh, captured. So we mm. sort of know their names by rote. I myself was uh almost uh, run off the road, and um who knows what would have happened by one of our other famous serial killers Ivan Malat, and that might be a story for another day
4: uh what was his nickname was he did he have a nickname like a wolf or a slasher or something that sounds very familiar to me
3: um the film wolf creek kind of draws yes. right on that's his what i was activities. Mm-hmm. yeah but wolf Pre- that's it, what it was it, yeah set said in the in the outback more um ivan malat was a truck driver and he prowled up and down the uh, south coast of new south wales uh he, he was particularly clever, disgusting, I don't know how you would say it, but he used to get pairs of people, often women but not always women, and uh, as a young sort of 21-year-old, me and my friend uh, Alison, shout out Alison, were driving in what turned out to be his uh, happy hunting ground at around the time of his happy hunting. And we had an extremely scary, actually I'm getting quite – Ooh, thinking about it, we had an extremely <laughs> scary kind of 20 minute duel between a truck and my tiny little secondhand uh fiat sports coupe oh my god and, and, this, and mm. yeah and it kind of makes you think it's like
4: like run-ins like that and it's like what makes us drawn to true crime as like you know, listeners, watchers, viewers, um, especially for us, you know, starting a new true crime podcast. There's a million out there, really a million good ones, too. Um, why do you think there's like a, an, a there's always been a fascination with true crime? What do you think? Uh Well,
1: I think I mean, I have a bunch of grand unifying theories about this that um, are way above my uh, bachelor's in creative writing. But um, you asked me (laughs) on this podcast, you probably won't do it again. Here's one of them, which relates to other Sarah's story, which is that I think that. For a lot of consumers of true crime, there is a feeling that knowledge is power. And that if you can just consume a high enough volume in whatever um, whatever subgenre, whether it's um, con artists Mm -hmm. or serial killers or what have you, that you will be able to spot um, this evil and it will not be chaotic evil and you will be able to. Avoid it, of course, when it comes to yes. um, psychopaths or really con artists, like because we aren't those things, I assume um, that yeah. it's, it's hard to sort of know the dark heart of someone like that because it's completely alien to your own experience of actually caring about other people. But I, I do yeah. think that that false or maybe it's not false, but like that illusion of. Um, control, which is mostly an illusion. Yeah, region, security. Yeah, I think is a is a I, big part of it, and also just you know rubbernecking. Like, let's face it, <laughs> I'm, I'm not above that. It. Honestly, oh. yeah,
4: you know, I, I know come- for me. I'm sorry, Sarah. I was just going to say, I know for me, as somebody who is like, can be very, have lots of anxiety and be very neurotic. It, that is one of the reasons why I consume true crime. Sure, I'm like, oh, sure. OK, well, now I know what to look for. And if, if this happens and I can do this, you know, and, and and it it is maybe a false insecurity, but it, it security. But it does feel like, like you said, knowledge is power. If you're not right. naive to it, that then maybe you can you can figure it out before it's too late. Right. Type thing.
3: Yeah, I mean, coming from a performing arts background, I sort of see true crime as a, it can be very satisfying narratively as well that appeals to something in our, uh, we want to listen to stories, we want to hear stories, we've been telling each other stories, you know, as long as mm-hmm. we've been around. And if there is a satisfying end where the killer or the con artist or whoever it is gets there, gets caught, gets their comeuppance, that's very satisfying. But even in the unsolved mysteries where we don't know, there's something incredibly tantalising about that. So, I think it appeals to that as well. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But this idea that we can arm ourselves against these very rare occurrences yeah. <laughs> while yeah. we happily yeah. kind of get into cars and get on planes and. Drink uh-huh. our bowl and do all right. that. Right. <laughs> Other more <laughs> dangerous things, mm. right? Well, exactly. Um, so, yes. Sarah, what do you think is happening with true crime now, the stories that are being told? It seems like it's moving away from that gory serial killery kind of focus um, into this more con-swindle area. Um, well, I I think that
1: there's still definitely that that market for that serial killer um sub genre i guess for lack of a better term but i think also um it just goes in it just goes in phases like we're now back into a con swindler thing but like when the anna sorokin Mm. story first broke a few years ago and it was like the summer of scam and that's all that anybody was doing (laughs) and now inventing anna has come out i think that um Con artistry in particular, like that never goes away. That's where people who spend a lot of time sort of in this genre in general go to rest. Like this is Mm -hmm. my not happy place, but in order to like soothe Mm -hmm. myself after reading some disgusting thing involving the trunk of a car and some Mm -hmm. girl who went missing that it's like, let's just read about. Like flim flammery in some big <laughs> compendium from the 70s by J. Robert Nash, because that's always who wrote it back then. And because that's what mm. we had when I was a kid. We had these big doorstop books of like the Encyclopedia of Buggo by J. Robert Nash, whose author photos mm. are fucking amazing, by the way. Um, and you had like d- documentaries that never came to my town. And you had. Uh, 2020 and the news and yeah. unsolved mysteries starting in the 80s so uh, I yeah. mean before I think the internet has really um, done a lot this is a value neutral statement um, yeah. to sort of evolve true crime and how we receive it and how we understand it mm. um, and I hope that I'm contributing something positive to that with my various ventures um, but yeah I don't I don't know why certain crimes have a moment. I think it's just like one of those things where, you know, there were two sort of amazing racy shows on at the same time, 20 years ago, like there was 30 Rock and Studio yep. 60 at the same time. There's something in the collective unconscious that clusters but, these things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for good or
3: and ill.
4: I wonder if it's like, I mean, cause technically the serial killer isn't as easy to pull off nowadays because of all of the DNA technology and stuff like that. Uh, Full disclosure, full disclosure. uh, I have a master's in forensic science and a graduate certificate in forensic DNA and serology. So like, it's it's way harder these days to try and get away with multiple murders than it was like in the 70s where everybody was. Right. It was just a free for all, especially in California. And I think you're and right it, like, with
1: p- police um, departments, first of all, didn't believe in serial killers as a concept. Yes. They're like, oh, it's someone they knew. Like, no. And second of exactly. all, they're having to even if they do figure it out, they're like telexing each other. Like how it how did any crimes <laughs> get solved when you actually had to like, you know, go, go out (laughs) of the house.
4: (laughs) Right. And I just think that the cons and the flim flammeries and stuff like that is just like you said, it's easier because with the internet, it's almost easier to con people Mm -hmm. without even have to look them in the face. Uh, You know, the Tinder swindler um, comes to mind as well. Oh my God. This
1: motherfucker (laughs) has a cameo account. I found out yesterday yes and he is charging more than all of the stars of beverly hills 90210 like put together the (laughs) the The cojones on this guy unbelievable
3: Uh, and he's charging. Are it up. Yeah. Yeah. $20,000 if you want him to come to your club. A club appearance is $20,000. Although charging $20,000 and someone paying $20,000 remains mm-hmm. to be seen. Yeah. But your wire transfer is on uh, its uh, way.
1: Love Anna Soroka. Uh,
3: <laughs> <proof of> love
1: <laughs> this guy. But it,
3: it, I mean, that, that was one that Tinder Swindler narratively, that was just like incredibly satisfying. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, oh, I'll spoil it here because I'm assuming everyone listening to this has already watched it. We're cheering at the end when he gets caught. Hurrah, hurrah! And then that wonderful boom, boom of the. You know, he was out five months later, and really, they only got him on money stuff, yeah, and nothing yeah. to do with the swindling the ladies stuff. And and uh, on he goes with his Bentley and everything. So, yeah, he's still there. It's and kind of frustrating, in a sense. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, everybody knows him now, but I'm sure he he will continue his. Own but he
1: can. Well. I mean, exactly. he can use that as his brand. Like that is his genius, mm-hmm. and in a certain. Uh, on a certain level, like I don't admire it. And I, but I kind of respect it, but it's like con's going to con.
4: Yeah. And people are going to allow him to con and, and pay him to do things. So it's just like, it's very annoying. And I feel bad for the women because they're just sitting there paying off that debt. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, they're like, they have no recourse for that. I think they're crowdfunding it, which is
3: just
1: like,
4: well, that's for
3: those three of them. But what about everybody else? And not only that, being dragged on the internet. Oh, God. Yeah. Victim blaming. Yeah, people. Yeah, victim blaming.
4: Mm-hmm. so y- yeah the Tinder swindler is very of uh, it's a very new type of uh crime and style and style of documentary but today we're here to talk about uh unsolved mysteries and not even just unsolved mysteries but like the old school unsolved mm-hmm. mysteries the stack it the stack <gasps> uh like like uh we pointed out this is <laughs> season two episode 21 on amazon prime it could be episode 16 depending on where you're um where you're getting it, but this is about, uh, uh, the first story is about Georgia Rudolph who believes she is the reincarnation of Sandra Jenkins who committed suicide in 1914. It's also about either a murder or suicide of a rookie cop named Steve Sandland um, and that's an unsolved case. And then finally um, it was a, like kind of like an all points bulletin for John Thumper Brown who is a meth cook. So SDB uh, Sarah Bunting um, why did you bring us this unsolved mysteries? Because we let you, we let our guests pick some of the properties and we let you you pick a property why did you pick this property specifically
1: um, because my husband Dan Patrick Brady plays an undercover cop in the last segment he's the one jumping out of the passenger side of that red Mustang and um, probably mishandling his uh, firearm but anyway um, <laughs> it was you know I think this aired in like early 1990 um, yep, so 1990. he's got like the uh-huh. 80s like feathery hair the very snug dungarees Um. My husband and I met on OKCupid and on our first date, he was like, oh, well, you know, I'm your worst nightmare. I'm divorced. I'm an actor. And I was like, oh, if you've done anything I would have heard of. And he mentions unsolved mysteries. I start peppering him with questions Then I'm like, oh, my (laughs) God, that's the coolest thing I ever heard. Were you a ghost? Were you someone's secret twin? Did you get to meet Robert Stack? And he's like, I don't appreciate you making fun of me. And I was like, pathetically, I am not making fun of you. I'm legitimately interested. I get home and, and the rest is history. Yeah. I, I had been <laughs> churning through these dates and my sister-in-law um, with whom I lived at the time was like, so I was like, he was on unsolved mysteries. And she's like, choir of angels, it's destiny. And uh, it was, that was 10 years ago. And uh, we're still very happy. And unsolved mysteries is still, um, is still a big part of our lives. But this episode mm-hmm. actually was something that I had to go to the inner north, internet to crowdsource finding it because he couldn't remember like he could remember what he did and and basically Mm -hmm. the outlines of the case but they were not good about um they were not good about the credits back then and i was just combing Mm -hmm. through and finally i just gave it to I just gave it to my um, then podcast listeners. I was like, "Somebody's got to find this," and someone found it in like two hours. I love the internet. (laughs) Never change, (laughs) internet. It's the best. It is, but that's that's why we're watching this one. I was not aware that um, fully, like, (laughs) 55% of the runtime would be taken up with this crackpot (laughs) (laughs) nonsense about this lady who is cold reading so broadly with these, like, very common names, like John Thompson, that they're still like, we couldn't find a record of anyone with that name in all of whatever Carolina they're in. And I'm like, girl... Just drop it. But she was committed. So committed, and
3: and I wish we had visual aids because the garage doors on that woman are uh, a sight to behold. Remembering this is nineteen ninety, <sighs> she is uh, she she's cold reading. If people don't know what cold reading is, a look it up. But b, it's basically picking up cues, and uh, it's what mm-hmm. fake sight. I see I a J
1: psychics. in a in a
3: body of water. Like oh, mm-hmm. honey, yeah. mm-hmm. you have a scar on your knee from an accident when you were a child. What are the odds? <gasps> Expect their they excellent.
1: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> um, but also people, so people do it deliberately. These are the fake psychics or psychics, as I call them, uh, use cold reading quite deliberately <laughs> and are extremely skillful. Mm-hmm. Uh, people tend to remember the hits and not the misses, um, and they take information that you give them. For example, I hear a J. Oh, yes, my grandfather was Jack. Yes, your grandfather was called Jack. Oh, my God, she told me that my grandfather was called Jack. This is how people's minds work. But people like this. This poor lady, Georgia Rudolph, she, I don't know if she knows she's cold reading, but for example, we hear that this, she feels she's the reincarnation of a young girl. And mm-hmm. she goes to a place and sees a house and finds a cemetery. And, and in her vision, there was a pointing angel. What are the odds? We, she, <laughs> in a
4: cemetery.
3: <laughs> in a cemetery. She tells us that she drowned in the river behind the house. And then later we hear that Descendants of people who lived in the house showed her a photograph and pointed out a girl who drowned in the river behind the house. And we are mm-hmm. supposed to go, oh, how incredible. But the, the the program doesn't tell us what order those things happened yeah. in. Yes. Um, and this is one of the things about cold reading. Oh, I've, that girl who looks like all the other girls in the photograph, mm-hmm. she looks very familiar. Yes, she drowned behind the house. Yes, I had a vision of drowning behind the house. I don't know that she knows she's doing it, uh, but I think that we're given a very slight glimpse into the fact that she was adopted when she was five, which is really tough. A very close friend of mine was also adopted when she was five. And those little creatures carry a lot of stuff from that first five years and from uh-huh. the – I don't want to play armchair psychologist, but uh, uh, she's certainly a, a searcher for belonging. What did uh-huh. you think of this? Um so <laughs> this reminded me why
4: I stayed away from unsolved mysteries as a kid <laughs> yeah. like for me being young, I hated Unsolved Mysteries. I hated America's Most Wanted Mm -hmm. because me as a kid, I'm like, oh, that person's coming to get me. Whoever it is, they're coming to get me. If you're (laughs) looking for them, they're coming to get me uh, for no reason at all. So uh, the whole, when I first turned this on, I'm like, is this the one we were supposed to be watching at first? Because it truly was. Most of the runtime was uh, this Georgia Rudolph lady uh, trying to proof she was reincarnated but it it truly didn't make sense like uh, Sarah said like the the first she, she doesn't know the girl's name but then she does find out the girl's name she goes to Ohio and then they show the picture of the girl and her family but then they even they say that they don't know the girl's name in the picture and that everybody in the picture is credited except for the one girl so is this who she's claiming to be and did she kill herself because her boyfriend died and she was unwed and pregnant it was it was a lot yeah for me it it was a lot uh, the main thing it had me thinking about was reincarnation. And I, you know, I am, I'm spiritual. I'm a spiritual Christian, but not like a, a church goer to, to that extent. And I was just like, I don't like the sound of any of this. Like, I don't like, yeah. Like, reincarnation does not speak to me personally. So that creeped me out. I was like, oh man, this is, I don't like this. Like,
1: well, this I, I mean, the I wouldn't mind it. Like, like- Here's the gift of being able to watch the old school Unsolved Mysteries on streaming is that if it's one of those segments about like, but no aliens were in my dupa, like they weren't. (laughs) But I don't have to sit through this because it's not not 1989. And I like I can just skip to the next segment. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And I did watch this at a higher speed. Like I have a lot of compassion for Georgia Rudolph and for the people who don't feel like they belong anywhere. So they attach to occasional um, incidents that might suggest that they have second sight as a way to feel like they belong in some world, even if it's not this one. Um, Yeah. And that, that was a lot of look that she was in and this, like the internet is forever. Um, but I also (laughs) must say, this is a, this is an excellent example of Robert Stack extremely gravely intoning, um, about things that are just a fucking coincidence and that's it, but imbuing them Mm -hmm. with, um, with uh import and he he never cheats the subjects. Like even if it's just like the most outlandish thing that's like she was never seen again. Like he gives it a hundred and ten percent every time I miss him. He scared me. Yeah. He scared me as a kid. Me too. He, he's he's the reason. And so. that <laughs> and that theme song, that key change right at the end. I mean it's my ringtone, so obviously I don't find it that bothersome, but uh <laughs>
3: Yes, yeah. uh, Robert Stack is is a very impressive man, and he looks us straight in the eye through the
1: camera. Mm-hmm. In and his he trench coat,
3: makes <laughs> these statements, uh, and in this one, he was walking through a kind of uh, like an airy warehouse? f- warehousey mm-hmm. churchy okay. something. Know. Yeah, as as an atheist, uh, reincarnation is uh, a, a way of storytelling in some spiritual. Uh, Cultures Mm -hmm. uh, for me, uh, uh, this is it. We (laughs) go back where we came from basically, if you think about what you knew before you were conceived that's where we go as far as I'm concerned, but I do like connections and I do like the stories that we tell ourselves and normally People just say, oh, I feel an affinity for that period, or they like to dress in a slightly old-fashioned way, and this is ways that we make ways of belonging. Uh, And then for for Georgia, it's just a step further to say, I lived there. This was me. Mm. The first thing for me was when she said her name was Sandra, and I said, darling, you were born in 1895. Yeah. I don't think your name was Sandra.
4: <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's i mean that's a good that's a great point of just kind of wanting to be somewhere else almost yeah uh, but I did like the second um the second story so uh the second story was about uh S- Steve sandlin who was a rookie cop who had only been on the job for eight weeks before he is found uh shot to death in the police station that he worked and his whole family felt like he, it was not suicide it it was uh, it was initially ruled like accidental maybe suicide it was like unresolved. it was like a uh what's the word they said they couldn't figure it out basically and um but his mom was like no he wouldn't have killed himself he was on the phone with his f- girlfriend mm-hmm. like Forty-five minutes before they were anybody was alerted to his death, talking about what they were going to do the next day, um, and and then he was found dead. And then uh, when they, I was waiting for them to go more into the forensics of it all, but yeah, he, I was going to mention they, they kind of glossed over it. Yeah, it yeah, like, that it
1: was like a, you know presumably uh, there were some there were some forensics. I forget if it was gunpowder residue or blood spatter or perhaps both, but it just suggested that the gun, mm-hmm. his gun, was next to him. And of course, they assumed that's the weapon. And I guess the ballistics matched, but it it suggested yeah. that it had been fired from like 10 feet away versus like if he I had done it, why wouldn't it be point blank range? Like um, mm-hmm. And I believe the body was moved. Right. Um, and then it, it, it just seemed like it just seemed bizarre. And especially since he had had mm-hmm. um, disagreements with um, one of the locals who. You know, Sandlin was very proactive and would like wait outside of bars for people to get behind the wheel drunk. Which, okay, um, <laughs> right, <laughs> pulled someone over. There was a search warrant. They found a like gazillion pounds of marijuana in weed, this yeah. guy's house, <laughs> and apparently, this um, community in New Mexico, Mountain Air, is you know close uh-huh. to what was then an illegal growing sort of like humble situation. Um, Mm. And I think that Sandlin, it was, you know, Sandlin was told to chill. He had no chill. And maybe was was killed. Uh, And this was reclassified as a homicide in 1995. But I did some Googling around and it's still not solved. And
3: yeah, the latest thing I read was from the New Mexico Independent 2019. No one's ever been prosecuted. The crime remains unsolved and uh, Reddit, it um, as of a year ago. also agrees unsolved. I mean, it's interesting the idea of that uh, police might have been involved. So a higher mm-hmm. up thought, no, it wasn't suicide and mm-hmm. he was fired. And then another one apparently resigned over this case. I wonder in 1990 if that was a much more shocking idea uh, that Mm -hmm. the police uh, might have been uh, involved in some kind of wrongdoing, whereas here in Australia, or certainly in my state of New South Wales, we used to say New South Wales police, the best police force money can buy. Mm. They were famously incredibly corrupt in the 80s and 90s and and are, are somewhat cleaner now as much as any you know any force of any kind can be so i'm going to ask you as uh, americans was this a more rare idea or a less accepted idea in the 90s that or the very late 80s that police could have been corrupt
4: well looking at the makeup of that town i think they even said including him there's only four police officers in the town itself yeah and it being a like a border, it, it sounded like it was kind of like a border town, like uh, SDB said, maybe a growing town. Um, because one of the strange facts was after his death, the police like went through his house, they checked everything, they, you know, they, they looked for evidence, all that good stuff. When his family came to collect his belongings three days later, they found pounds of marijuana just in a drawer somewhere. Yeah. Like, not well like, hidden, how apparently. This... Yeah. Yeah. They're like, how could this be here if the police said they thoroughly searched this house three days ago? So it definitely suggests that this is a large operation operating in this town. And somebody probably thought... Hey, this house is probably abandoned because the guy is, you know, dead. This might be a good place to hide some stuff for a while before, you know, if they have to move it around. But before they could do that, the family got there and saw it. Mm. So it does feel like I, I, I believe, I can believe this. Now, back in the day in that area, You know, um, I think they even had the police chief on this show
1: Mm -hmm. talking
4: about how people were saying, like, he might have been there in that morning. He was like, no, I was at a public function. And the the way that he was
1: defensive about Mm -hmm. that, I found was very interesting that he's like, whoever is saying that is a liar. Like, why don't you just say they must be mistaken? Say that you have that, you know, you had an alibi and leave it there. But he was so specific and pissed off about this and i was like yeah something something about you is dodgy and also the gu- the um victim's <laughs> father was a cop i think still was a cop when he went on the show yes, with um albuquerque yes. pd so it's like this was this sounds like a message to me but i don't like mm. watching it back then i don't think anyone was terribly sophisticated about the copaganda concept which like most of Mm. unsolved mysteries um the crime portion like is that there is like a heavy overlap with america's most wanted which like is fine but you just have to be eyes open about what it is and who it's for um but the i'm from new jersey so the idea that like government is corrupt It's like, uh uh-huh, and? Yeah,
3: and? Like, the whole police force of my town (laughs) had to resign because
1: they raided the high school looking for guidance counselor files mentioning kids who smoked pot. So. Yeah, that's not very good. No, it's bad. It's bad. It's a felony, (laughs) I think, actually, and certainly now would be a HIPAA violation,
3: but. yeah, Jersey.
1: So, yeah. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So no, no closure for the family as far as finding out who did it. But yeah. uh, certainly having the uh, the crime changed to murder, I think, would have uh, so, so their their minds somewhat, as they they didn't want him to be labelled a suicide. And in fact, there's there's been a memorial, and he's now uh, listed as uh, uh, killed on duty. Mm-hmm. So. Some small uh. some small um, resolve for for them.
0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Should we talk about
3: John Thumper Brown? <laughs> Thumper. <laughs> the Walter White of his day. Uh, John Thumper Brown was a meth cook. And he was a meth cook for a motorcycle club called the Hessians. And uh, I did a little Googling. I went on the Hessians, uh, website. Who knew they have a
1: website? The whole website. Guys, you're doing it wrong. It's just you my did opinion. It's slightly wrong.
3: Yes. If you want to, um, <laughs> uh, 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 browse <laughs> photographs of, uh, uh, High School football uh, uh, But uh,
1: uh, But their,
3: are... uh, their oh. slogan, I might read for you. uh, uh, uh Readers with delicate sensibilities might like to uh, mute me briefly as I tell you this is their slogan. Harleys were a lot more fun when they were exclusively ridden by angry, violent, intoxicated, antisocial, poorly groomed, sexually deviant, heavily tattooed maniacs, exclamation mark. We believe in quality, not quantity. We respect those who respect us. Oh,
4: um <laughs> okay
3: police <laughs> like,
1: sure can get them what is
3: that yeah, um
1: hashtag by american that's yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> I, here's what made me laugh about um this segment okay. aside from seeing um my husband in the full skin tight levi's flower of his youth um was that mm. the pictures that they showed of the real thumper This is, Mm. and um, I mean no disrespect to those who suffer and struggle with substance misuse, but this is the methiest looking person I've ever seen (laughs) in my life. And he has a Hessian's ringer tee on. Are you on the lamb or not? Buddy. (laughs) Not at all. Not like not even. I mean, the the shirt was actually kind of cool. Except for you know, the Iron Cross iconography was a problem. The but like Iron I Cross. do like a ringer T. Yeah. Don't need the logo. But oh man, like this guy. And then he'd just be like, Well I'll yeah. just, you know, set up somewhere else and buy another twenty-eight tons of acetone, and then the federal government's like, even we can catch you, buddy. <laughs>
3: But they had to catch him several times. Yeah, kept eluding. Right? (laughs) So his his uh, thing is he seemed to be quite highly regarded within these circles. That he would cause other people to set the uh, set the the kitchen up for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, He didn't like to sweat too much. We're told he liked to just come in. Cook the meth and, and go. And he was producing mm. a lot of meth. And I think that it's the same with the marijuana value as well. The value, the dollar value amounts in 1990 dollars were really. Quite something to hear, uh, even mm-hmm. even then. Let alone translating them to their value now. So you know this is why crime is attractive to Thumper and his ilk. There's a very nice group of reenactment actors who scatter out of a caravan. Uh, they're in marvelous outfits. There's a, a woman with a <laughs> with a fringed vest mm-hmm. and flying blonde hair that I kind of thought, oh, that looks that oh, looks yeah. like. I don't know. No, 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 no. I think they get cleaned, they're a bit cleaner, perhaps than uh, the reenactment actors are. Yeah. Perhaps, perhaps slightly cleaner, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: but only slightly. Yeah,
3: I, <laughs> he
4: truly was just Walter White. Like I think they said he was making what was it like one point million, like one point one million dollars worth of meth could be made in some of those labs mm-hmm. that he had set up. So I mean, I he he definitely looked like a user, but. Clearly, he was smart yeah. enough to also be able to make a lot of money off of it. But the good thing is, we got the update. He was captured on February 24th, 1990. He was arrested in Las Vegas, Nevada, due to a tip from a female companion. Mm-hmm. And he was convicted on drug manufacturing charges, sentenced to 30 years in prison, and he was paroled in 2016. He's out. Is he listening to this? Oh, man. And the
1: love the, like, I love that, like, without the thumper part, his name is John Brown. So, John Brown, wherever your body oh, is, no. at us. Let, Don't come here.
4: Let us yeah, know. Uh, yeah
3: yes. we, we like your t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yes. yeah, like, maybe a line of merch. Maybe if you're on the, on the straight and narrow, a line of merch. I, I sort of think things like this, and I thought this about the Tinder Swindler as well. Like, how much work went into that? on how much work goes mm. into sort of manufacturing illegal drugs and the the cost and the amount of work and I don't want to be Calvinist about it but why don't you just get a, a real job but work really hard? <laughs> I
1: feel like this comes up a lot I was just reading um... mm-hmm. A uh, sort of monograph by the recently late Janet Malcolm about um, it's called the Crime of Sheila McGuff, and um, Sheila McGuff was the um, attorney herself later in legal trouble for this uh, real estate con artist. So Malcolm has a long um, disquisition about the nature of con artists and the the fact that we do call them artists. And that their artistry is important to them, but I I think this is a question that comes up a lot with you know a lot of um, sort of short term victimless like um, non violent uh, felonious behavior that it's like why don't you just get a yeah. real job like. I don't know, the real job that I had when I would have been watching this when it originally aired was and I was the assistant manager of this card store, but it was a card store in the mall and I made five thirty five an hour. Like, I mean, if I could have come up with a fun con and I think that's part of the appeal sometimes about true crime, not just controlling chaotic evil, but in the case of some of these crimes that are not um, psychotic um, mm-hmm. that and not like, you know, sadism that there is this appeal to like, well, if I had to, I could I could run a I could set up a big store con like there. There is something um, not aspirational, but I mean, maybe, yeah. Aspirational that it's like, all right. If I had to, apparently there's people who don't yeah, know who wire, how wire transfers work. I can get a yeah. you know short term <laughs> quote loan of 250 grand and just beat feet.
3: Yeah,
4: it's kind of it- like to me. It's like if you're scamming a corporation or an institution mm. or something like that i'm more down for that than like yeah. individuals like ruining a whole individual's credit it makes me think of um the coupon do y'all do y'all remember the coupon yes yes please? yes yes like that scam mm-hmm. maybe we'll uh that was a really uh Pretty funny movie. I saw that movie. Maybe that's something we can add to the list. But like mm-hmm. something like that, I was like, "Yes, Queens, go mm-hmm. take the corporation's <laughs> money." I could do that. I could I could print out all these coupons and sell
1: right them, or like know? the McMillion um, scam. Like I don't need yes, somebody's seventy six year old nana who's on a fixed income to be like you know having to live in her car because she got because she read something it was like oh you know the Spanish Mm -hmm. prisoner sounds right to me
3: let's just write a Uh. check Um, the refund scan (laughs) go the refund scan go and get a go and get a gift card but there's there is something about like the opening scene of oceans eight (laughs) Uh, sandy sandy (laughs) bullock there recently released from prison and she goes into the department store and she goes along and she selects lovely cosmetics and you think she's not going to be able to return these she goes to return them the uh, assistant says, oh, no, you can't return them without a, without a receipt. And we think, is she so great after all? And she goes, oh, fine, well, just give me a bag to carry them in. And she walks out of the store with them and you go, ah, oh, that's just so that's so nice. <laughs> and I didn't see it coming. And it just we have the pleasure watching it of being conned ourselves. Um, others might have been ahead of me, but I i was certainly that just that satisfying little slight bit behind so that I was very pleased. So there's something very elegant about that. And because it was cosmetics and because we feel big stores, um, So not that I've ever shoplifted in my life, but if I had shoplifted, it would always have been from big departments. Stores mm. uh, because if I had done it, I would have felt like ah, it's this big department store. You know that yeah. there's there's no victim here. Of course, as we know, there absolutely is. But um, yeah, I wonder if it's the lure of the money first, or the bent towards naughtiness or badness first for mm. for, for these kind of right crimes. or of course, systems w- that
1: are not. Systems that are not supporting the um, non standard creative capitalist,
3: for lack of a better term. <laughs> okay, well, I'm writing that down. Non standard. Right. Yes, That's right. a nice job. The, um, the, yeah. the bespoke
1: idea generator. Like, I don't know. I mean, disruption <laughs> is great if venture capitalists can understand it and con, you know, be conned. Uh, to their own benefit themselves. I mean, you know, like bad blood is, um, and that whole Elizabeth Holmes story, I think is fascinating for a lot of reasons. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think that some of it is, um, like how can we avoid being grifted, ourselves but then some of it Mm -hmm. is like okay but how like this is when you want your true crime to be really processy like how was this Mm -hmm. grift accomplished please go back like in oceans 11 which i basically have memorized at this point and show us Mm -hmm. like from soup to nuts like we know where that little tree is hanging in the van like go back and show us how they did this and um so that you know we can catch up at the same time as terry benedict and like I mean, yeah, if it's, if it's well done and well constructed, I think it comes back to what you other Sarah said earlier about wanting to impose narrative on the chaos of life that whatever story we're able to Mm. bring out of it is useful, whether it's because it's soothing or because it's entertaining or because it's inspiring or because it's um, empowering. So hopefully like, you know, wives with knives on the oxygen channel. Okay. That's not really the, what we're the kind of thing we're talking about, but I think that, um, that's what you can, or what I tell myself true crime can do for us as a culture.
4: Uh, SDB, I think you're giving us so many recommendations that we're like writing down (laughs) that we're going to have to think about covering, (laughs) but, um, until then, let's get to the recommendations for unsolved mysteries here. So like we said, you can find Unsolved Mysteries, the Robert Shack and Dennis Farina seasons on Amazon Prime. Uh, we will what we'll do is we'll link in our show notes and de- descriptions where you can find the episodes because we want to just make sure we can make them accessible to everybody who's listening to the U.S. and Australia, because that is where <laughs> Sarah is coming from. Um, so we'll make sure if, if any um, if you're confused about where to look or where to watch, you can look into our, our show notes um, to find links to uh, the episodes. So SDB, would you recommend Unsolved Mysteries? What would you give this episode of Unsolved Mysteries and the series as a whole out of five magnifying glasses, five being you heavily recommend it, one being, you know, let's let's talk about something else. What would you give this Unsolved Mysteries?
1: This particular episode, um, subtracting, uh, subtracting my husband's fine form from it. Um, it like it's, it's sort of not all that typical because the, the breakout of the segments is a little unusual. And Georgia Rudolph, Mm. um, was sort of a pitiable figure and not really my jam. Um, not quite enough ghosts, (laughs) but no aliens. So three and a half magnifying glasses, um, for this episode and the series overall, I mean, bless Dennis Farina's um, mustached heart, but uh, that that was not a success for me. Um, I have really liked the reboot. I thought they have been smart about how they did that. Mm, yes. Um, I mean, if this kind of thing is for you and you have this nostalgia for it that I have uh, for. um, But otherwise, but then again, it's not if it's not for you, it's not. At the mm-hmm. time, I would have said three because you couldn't skip the, like, UFO, like, the, you know, this Philadelphia Tavern is haunted. No, it isn't. It's, it's just board settling. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would say four overall in this episode, three and a half. Um, yeah. And my husband's segment, Five. Five. Go Dan.
3: five, yes, five. <laughs> Sarah, how about you? Well, very similar. I would go slightly lower on the magnifying glasses for this episode because of uh, poor Georgia. I'm <laughs> going to give it three for the episode. Uh, but for the series, and, and like, Like Sarah, I'm in the stack of sodes, the Farina, not for me. I I think it's a high, if you like it, it's a high four and a half. It's something Mm -hmm. you can have on as you're pottering around. uh, And because there are segments, you can dip in and out as you do. Oh, I like this. I'll stand Mm -hmm. with my cleaning cloth in my hand and watch (laughs) that bit. Um, As soon as I heard that music, I was just sort of soothed and excited in the same Measure. I was so happy to see uh, him. I was happy to hear him. Uh, You know, as we've said, and doesn't need to be said again, but apparently I'm going to, the Georgia Rudolph. It really overshadows this particular episode, but I think it's unusual for that. I think the new ones are really, uh, really interesting. Obviously the um, production levels are in a completely different world, but Mm -hmm. there's something about the... Measured pace of them, something about the total seriousness of them that that is soothing. Uh, like the old the old ones. So yes, yeah, so three magnifying glasses for the episode, four and a half for the series, and I'll give four to the new ones. What about you, Mari? Yes, okay, that's a great segue because I'll I'll definitely say I like we're all
4: pretty low on this episode in general. Um, so for me, I will stick with the three magnifying glasses for the episode. For me, I'll also give uh, three magnifying glasses for the series as a whole, because like I said, it just wasn't my thing. And, and like you guys said, it's either your thing or it's not kind of. Mm. And that's perfectly fine. That's the reason why we have this podcast, because we can love to see the different perspectives and stuff. So remembering my lack of nostalgia for the, the earlier season. Right. I'm like, I, yeah, I would keep it out of three. But however, I like this segue into what we can recommend that is that is like the property that we're we're watching. So I think kind of grouping the new Unsolved Mysteries into almost a different category by itself, because me, those I watch. I watch them as soon Mm -hmm. as they dropped on Netflix. I was all in for volume two and they speak to me in a different way than watching these ones do. So I kind of want to. introduce it as its own kind of property. And I would definitely let's, we, we can, this is where we can give like some non-spoiler suggestions for other stuff that we'd want. We like to watch or that we think people who like this episode might watch. I know I'm putting both of you guys on the spot there with that, but I think the newer unsolved mysteries are really good. And I feel like maybe it's because they only really focus each episode only focuses on one case. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I think that they, because it was what like like six episodes or something like in the first season I, I gotta look it up, but it wasn't that many episodes, they are all individual cases, and I remember when the first batch co- came out, I think I, I, I was like, okay, that one looks interesting, I'll watch that one, that one looks interesting, I'll watch that one, and then later I went back to, I was like, okay, well, I don't have anything else to do. Let me watch the ones that I wasn't completely interested in, um, because they, they had, they ran the gamut of the different crimes. So, uh, I would definitely suggest, uh, if you like watching this, try out the new Unsolved Mysteries that are on Netflix. If you have access to, to Netflix.
2: Step into the world of power, loyalty,
1: no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply
2: sick of being upsold at gyms
0: my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy
2: without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. DLM's Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
1: SDB. Any other recommendations? Um, yeah, I absolutely would recommend the new Unsolved Mysteries. And when I was reviewing it, um, whenever it first debuted, I guess a couple of years ago, when I was watching the credits and that smoke resolved to be the silhouette of Robert Stack, I almost started weeping. It was sort of early in the pandemic, I think. And I like, it didn't take much yeah. for me to start weeping, but I was just like, Stacky, how you doing? Um, so yeah, those are really well done. And if you like the older school um, sort of um like anthology feel of these Mm -hmm. and also an extremely committed narrator old school forensic files not the new one the old one with that narrator who was like Mm -hmm. apparently a decorated world war ii flying ace this guy i believe his name's peter thomas Mm -hmm. we he lived to be like 95 he is no longer with us on this side of the veil but Mm. there's something about like, it's uh, it's a lot of very obvious B-roll and everything is all settled in t- like 23 minutes. But it's always on somewhere. Mm-hmm. And it is, to me, very soothing. And the way he pronounces the word murder is just mm-hmm. something. So old school forensic files, which is like, I th- I think that might be on Hulu um, at your um, fine. It, it's host, on but, Netflix as well. Yeah, yeah. It, the, you can find that in the yeah. show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and anything, any um, true crime series or property that was produced or directed by a guy named Joshua Zeman um, has a very similar Ooh. sort of feel to the new unsolved mysteries. Um, I would say to start with uh, a property from a few years back called Murder Mountain, which was about um, the Humboldt growing community and sort of organized and other crimes in that area. Um, it's extremely well done. And uh, the Sandlin case from what we just talked about made me think of that. So um, Zeman Z-E-M-A-N um, his first feature was about the Cropsey legend in Staten Island and uh, I am uh, getting the, the little hairs wow. are sticking up just thinking about it still. So um, yeah, he's uh, he's a gooder.
4: Nice. Okay.
3: Okay. Uh, Sarah, any well, other recommendations? Yes, I. Uh, I also recommend the the current uh, unsolved uh, mysteries. I am a bad crime podcaster because I'm trying to think of the Australian series and Australian viewers will be shouting at me that looks at various uh, different big crime stories in Australia. I'll put it in the show notes. They do uh, one that is is not so good about the vice queens that ran the Sydney underworld in the 20s and 30s. Um, There were two very big uh, women um, who, big big in terms of their reach and their power uh, and uh, uh, in the uh, 20s and 30s, that's very interesting, but also the Roger Rogerson stuff who was uh, our sort of uh, premier gold standard corrupt cop uh, and various other ones. So I will put that in the show notes. I was desperately Googling, uh, but my mind is a blank on that. But they're really good. They are uh, docudramas, so they are reenactments, but uh, some of them are very well written and uh, directed and they can be enjoyable.
4: Right, yeah, I right. I love that, and um, at crime scene we are eager to hear your feedback. So if you have any suggestions for future episodes, you can follow crime scene on Twitter at crime scene r h a p. That's s e e n, or email us crime scene r h a p at uh, Gmail. gmail.com. Okay,
1: great. Yes. So
3: Sarah, what do you have going on and uh, where can people find you?
1: Um, well, you can find, uh, my reviews with my writing partner, Eve Beatty at our crime review newsletter. Um, we're reviewing the properties about the crimes, not the crimes themselves. Crimes are bad. That's why we call them crimes and not taking a nap or candy. Um, that is at <laughs> Best evidence dot fyi we review new stuff we review old stuff um it is a very busy true crime prestige limited series spring um so if you're wondering what we thought about stuff like the girl from plainville or the thing about pam um, or the thin blue line like that's that's all there we do a lot mm-hmm. of that best evidence dot fyi And sometimes there's ancillary materials uh, that people would like to look up or buy in book form. I got you covered there too, exhibitbbooks.com, and you fine listeners can get a discount on anything that you find there. I also have old magazines, random pamphlets about stopping commercial burglaries. There's a lot of good stuff. Look through it. See if you find anything you like. That code at checkout is XCS15. That's XCS15, and there is a link directly to that in the show notes that will just throw that in your cart and you get 15% off.
3: Mhm. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, and what about you, Mary? What do you what have you got going on and where can people find you? Of course, I am the host
4: of one of those of the Wrestling Rehab Up podcast where we um over on RHAP, where we uh me and Matt Scott GW Twitter. I, I plug his Twitter and my Twitter all at the same time. Uh, but we talk about wrestling, WWE, AEW. We give you the highlights of the week. You don't even have to be a wrestling fan. You just come and hear us talk about wrestling. Um, so follow me on Twitter at Mari Talks Too Much, too like the number two, um, to uh, see where we'll, we'll be popping up at and and to uh, follow us on our, follow our wrestling podcast. I will also be um, doing BB Can 10 coverage on RHAP as well. So if you follow me, you'll know what I'm doing.
3: Sarah, where can the people find you? They can find me on Unseated uh, Gadigal land here in Sydney, Australia. You can follow mm-hmm. me at uh, Sarah Carradine on Twitter. I'm recapping... Bridgerton, and soon, our flag means death for post-show recaps. I'm very excited about that because I love a pirate story. Um, oh, okay. And any Round the Twist fans, there's something quite special coming your way very soon, so stay tuned for that. So next time on Crime Scene, we will call the great Latonia Starks to the witness stand. We're going to discuss A Crime to Remember, Season 2, Episode 2, shop doctor uh you can find it in the u.s on amazon prime i had to pay a dollar 99 for it on youtube uh, in australia oh, yeah. cheap at five times the price
1: mm, speaking of cries um,
4: i don't know if um it also is on discovery plus as well here in the u.s um, i guess we will check and see where you can find it internationally again, uh, you can refer to our show notes. But yes, ha- watch that and then come listen to us discuss it. It's going to be great. Uh, thanks to our sublime guest, Sarah. Oh, thank Bucking. you so much for having so much. me,
1: letting me ramble on. This is my favorite. Oh
4: yeah, fun. This is so, so fun. Yes. <laughs> and definitely support her. Um, use the special link in, in our show notes to get some um, discounts on some books. Uh, special thanks to Peter Miller, uh,
3: who is a noted skeptic. That's her, Sarah. Shout oh, yeah. out her. I yes. had a long conversation with him. I made him watch the uh, Georgia Rudolph. So, Peter, you are my eternal friend. He watched yes. it. And he took it to pieces he dismantled it <laughs> beat by beat so if you're wow. interested in that hit me up and i will show you uh, through peter exactly what was happening and as far as what we saw so that was amazing That's thanks so to will great. from america for the theme music and to scott mm-hmm. saint pierre behind the scenes yep until next time case, case closed, closed.
0: plus.